Hi, and welcome to the Red Book Handbook Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Kramer Kay. Today, we're tackling touchy subjects, sticky situations, and life's toughest dilemmas from real Red Book readers with the help of our advice guru, Karen Carbo. If you've got a burning question of your own, be sure to listen at the end of the podcast to find out how you can submit it to Karen. The first question comes from a woman in Detroit. She writes, I've been married for 27 years. I love my husband very much, but I can't seem to get past something that happened. The other night while we were in the middle of making love, he called me by another name. Needless to say, that ended the lovemaking for the night. He's apologized over and over for doing it. He seems to be sincere, but I still can't get it out of my head. I don't think he's having an affair, but one never knows. Am I being too sensitive? What can I do to get over this? Karen counsels, you're not being too sensitive. Your man stuck his foot in his mouth at the worst possible moment and has shaken your trust, which is the basic foundation of the marriage. Way to go, hubster. You're shrugging this off with no thought as to what it might mean would actually display a worrisome insensitivity on your part. That said, I'd like to suggest that maybe it really was just an innocent slip of the tongue. And even if he was thinking of someone else, that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't love you or that he loves you less. Be honest, have you never thought of someone else or something else during sex? You ask how to get over this. If you can't shrug it off, then don't kiss and make up until you can say, I forgive you and mean it. You must respect the degree to which this incident upset you, which is also a way of respecting yourself. We sometimes forget that we can live with someone and be miffed at them at the same time. You can coexist and be civil and say, you know, I'm still upset about that night. I'll get over it, but I haven't yet. Stay tuned. Over time, the event will recede into the past and your husband's overall good, loving, distrawing without being asked behavior will reassert itself. And this bad moment will become a blip on the big screen of your long, happy marriage. And yes, your attitude towards a possible affair is exactly right. Your instincts tell you he's not being unfaithful, but one really never knows. Give him the benefit of the doubt unless something else happens that fuels your concern. Otherwise, you'll make yourself crazy. Next up, Christmas is already causing family drama for a reader in Cincinnati who asks, My 15-year-old doesn't want to spend Christmas Day at her grandparents' house. They're her father's parents because her dad's live-in girlfriend will be there. Our divorce occurred in large part due to his infidelity with this woman. If my daughter doesn't go, her grandparents will be mad at her. Should I make her go or tell her it's okay not to go? Karen has this to say. I had to think about this one long and hard. On the one hand, your daughter's feelings about who should attend family functions count for very little except to her, of course. No child ever approves of their parents' divorce, and generally, they're not thrilled with their mom and dad's new partners. Of course she doesn't want her dad's new girlfriend there. Duly noted. On the other hand, she is of an age where her feelings and desires need to be taken into consideration. That doesn't mean you'll let her do whatever she wants. But the older our kids get, the more the parental dictatorship involves into a family democracy. 
Gone are the days when you can order them to do, well, just about anything. I don't think it makes much difference whether your daughter goes to her grandparents' house. Either way, the day will pass and next Christmas will show up on schedule. Instead of fighting with her about whether she should go, discuss why she feels so strongly about this. Why doesn't she want to go? Can she truly not stand her dad's girlfriend, or is it the thought of the girlfriend that makes her go berserk? Would she feel disloyal to you? Consider all the angles. How will she feel if her grandparents are mad at her? What if she just made an appearance for a short while? Could she live with that? One of the toughest things about seeing kids grow up is having faith that you've given them the tools to be decent human beings. If you talk to her about this situation with no agenda, I'm sure the two of you will arrive at a workable situation. And, as a bonus, you'll know a little bit more about who your daughter is and how she thinks. That's a good Christmas present right there. Finally, a reader from Nevada is having a co-worker crisis and asked Karen this. I have a co-worker who won't confide in me or anyone else at our job anymore. Also, when I dish to her about the other people we work with, she doesn't even respond. I want her to confide in me because I think she needs my help to get her life together. She's made some very bad dating choices in the past, and I don't really care for how she does her makeup or hair. I think that she needs my friendship because she sounds so pathetic. The other coworkers suspect that she stopped confiding in us because she thinks we talk about her behind her back, but we only do it because we care. How do I get this coworker to let down her guard and let me back in? Here's Karen's take. I must tell you that in this case, it's you, not your coworker, who needs some advice. Please reread your letter. Would you confide in someone who thinks that your life is a mess, that you date losers, and that you're pathetic? You say she needs your friendship, but that's not what you're offering. To be a friend to someone isn't to treat her like a fixer-upper. The fact that she has cut you and your coworkers off and that she refuses to join in in the office dish fest tells me that maybe she's not the loser you say she is. If nothing else, she has an instinct for self-preservation. That said, if you do want her, or people in general, to let you in, try appreciating them for who they are and what they have to offer. Rather than leaping to judgment, adopt the spirit of vive la différence. Retraining yourself to be accepting rather than critical may be tough, but it's the only way to earn someone's genuine trust and respect. That's all the advice for today. If you have a question that you'd like Karen to answer, you can write to her at Karen Carbo, that's K-A-R-E-N-K-A-R-B-O, at redbookmag.com. Thanks for downloading. Thank you.